The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. You're in the EP Podcast. My name is Chris Lanuti, belly on up to my nine-foot homemade oak bar in my basement. And get ready for 30 minutes of good in a world of dumb covering Evergreen Park and the surrounding area. All brought to you by the First National Bank of Evergreen Park. A new school year is here. And whether they are on campus or doing their work from home, First National Bank of Evergreen Park's student checking account can help students manage their money. With online banking, a convenient mobile app, This account allows students to do their banking from anywhere. Plus, no minimum required to open, and they get their own debit card. Five free nationwide ATM refunds per statement cycle. All of that. Open that student checking account today. Visit bankevergreenpark.com slash student checking. Member FDIC. Evergreen Park Fire Chief Ronald Kleinhaus joins us today. Fires can start in the strangest of ways. He's going to tell us about some of them that happen right here in the EP over the summer and how to stay safe in these fall months, what you can, what you cannot burn as you're sitting outside enjoying this fall air. John Brand from Open Outcry sitting here at the bar. We're going to talk Oktoberfest, plus he tells me he has a big announcement he wants to unveil right here on this show. Speaking of announcements... As the world returns to normalcy, the EP Podcast brings back one of our favorite things to do. You've seen them around town, sitting on the back of vehicles driving past you. You may have one on the back of your vehicle, the EP Podcast Car Magnet. And guess what? Starting Tuesday this week, you will be able to pick up the EP Podcast Car Magnet for free at the First National Bank of Evergreen Park right there on the corner of 95th and Pulaski. You can go inside or go through the drive-through. Free. Put it on the back of your vehicle. Get as many of them as you need. If you are spotted, we will approach you in the safest way possible to give you cash prizes and gift cards from some of our great sponsors here on the EP Podcast. We're doing this for the remainder of the calendar year. You want to have that car magnet on the back of your car. It's the only way you can win from the EP Podcast. And remember, you can go to the EPPodcast.com right now. Click on the link for the car magnet, and we will deliver it to your home. Free magnet, back of the car, you could win cash and fabulous prizes. Why not? And starting this week, you can get it for free over at the First National Bank of Evergreen Park at 95th and Pulaski. It's our way of rewarding you for supporting this show and listening to the EP Podcast. Found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the EPPodcast.com. It is now time for your EP Podcast Word on the Street, brought to you by Cousin Subs. They have just started moving into Illinois and Northwest Indiana, and one of the few places you can get a Cousin Subs is right here in Evergreen Park, 9204 Southwestern Avenue. And remember, go to CousinSubs.com. If you order online through that website, free delivery. If you sign up for their club, you're getting a free sub in that delivery. 
How do you turn down free food and free delivery? CousinSubs.com. The Evergreen Park Recreation Department is opening up more programs. Dance classes are back. Youth jazz, ballet, and tapping coming to the senior center floor. And a youth drama class beginning as well, plus yoga and Tai Chi. I mean, I'm flipping through the list right here. You can do some Irish dance. Ten classes for 100 bucks. Starts on October the 8th. Ages four and up. They have Taekwondo, ages four to five, six to seven, and eight to 13. $64 for eight weeks of classes starting in mid-October. A 55 and over class for ladies featuring light aerobics to the beat of music. Eight weeks for $60, Tuesdays and Thursdays, morning and afternoon sessions. That one starts up this week. So many classes, get more details, 708-229-3373 or visit the community center over at 3450 West 97th Street for details and to sign up. Building relationships, supporting the community, and service. These are the things that Country Financial stands for. They're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through Evergreen Park. They're neighbors who lend a helping hand and support the fabric of your community, including charitable organizations, sports, financial education, and civic organizations. And since Country is already your neighbor, they want to get together and chat. Call your local Country Financial representative, Mike Thauer, today at 708 425 1559 to talk about the things that are important to you and how he can help you protect them. A pitcher of beer, a pitcher of beer, let's order another pitcher of beer. That pitcher of beer should come over here. I love that pitcher of beer. We have sitting here with us the wonderful, the amazing, the always magnanimous <laughs> John Brand from Open Outcry. Hello, my friend. How are you? Hey, now, I resemble that. <laughs> I'm well, thank you. How I you? appreciate you stopping. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. It's fall time now, right? I mean, like, this is why this is why I have you in here tonight, because I know that it's fall time and it's beer time in the fall. So what what do you drink in the fall? What, what like, do you, do you, do you go in for the Oktoberfest? Is there a different style of beer? But what is fall beer to you? Uh, it's the start of stout season, so I'm going to start focusing on stouts. Of course, we'll uh, all the fresh Oktoberfest beers the breweries are putting out. You got to drink, got to drink those. Right. I'll you, I'll, I'll, but I'll tell you what I don't drink: anything with pumpkin in it. <laughs> <laughs> I am with you on that. I don't drink anything with pumpkin in it either. You know, I remember pumpkin when the pumpkin has no flavor. When the pump, oh yeah, it's got a terrible flavor. It's like drinking a Yankee Candle. When, when I first, the it's first exactly, time I that, that's a great. It's that, what it is. You're drinking all, a Yankee Candle. That's all the spices in the cloak. Exactly. The so, pumpkin by itself is nothing. What I would do is that, like the first year that you know pumpkin beer was like a thing that I wanted to try. I had this book and it had all these different beers you have to try. You know, you know, a thousand and one beers to try before you die. And they had a few pumpkin beers in there. So one of them was pumpkin. Yep. And everybody's like, oh, you got to get pumpkin. Probably. I drink you some pumpkin. Pum- I drank. I couldn't get through the bottle. Yep. It was horrible. Yeah. Pumpkin <laughs> is probably one of the most popular pumpkin. And people beers. love it. Some people do like, some people do like them. It's yes. amazing. It tastes yep. like a Yankee candle. Have you ever, uh, Hannah, have you drank any pumpkin beers? Is that one, is I something think it's you disgusting. Tried? All right. So we have three people that hate pumpkin beers. So for you... John, then is it more? It's more October. Like if you're in the fall, are you Oktoberfest in it? You still with the IPAs, the the stouts as you said, stout season. Like what what is it? 
all the above. I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll buy a couple different six packs of Oktoberfest from Chicago breweries uh-huh. every year just to sample it and see what people are doing. Well, and we have we have a couple of Oktoberfests. I know you brought some over, but do you want to try some different ones yeah, that we brought it. over here today? Let's so start one. my yeah. my wife Erica is hanging out here behind the bar, and she's going to put some together. And this is not going to be a blind taste test like last time you were on. Okay, this is just we're gonna. I figured we try a few of them, get your opinion, and then you brought in some brews. I did from not Open an, Alcohol. Not an Oktoberfest. Not Oktoberfest, yes, but yep. some stuff that you brought in That's here. Exactly right. But I figured. Well, you know, you're a beer guy, so let's bring out a couple of other breweries. And I know two of them. I know one is the Oktoberfest that comes from Buckle Down, and that spot in Oktoberfest is my favorite Oktoberfest. Yeah, that's a great Oktoberfest. And the Anger Anger Oktoberfest as well. Yeah. So which if you look at those three, which one would you, the owner of Open Outcry Brewing, say, yeah, I would grab that. If if these were my three options and I wanted to have an Oktoberfest, which one would you want to try? I'm going to grab Buckle Down, only because I know the Buckle Buckle Down guys. Yeah. They're a great brewery out in the western suburbs. We've been there a few times before. It's really a neat place. It's a great place. Kind of like a, it looks like an airplane hangar. Yep. And it's kind of wide open and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they they seem to have been able to adjust because of COVID. I think breweries had like a great advantage because a lot of them went with the big garage door thing or the way they could open up things. Like you get to open it up at your place. Like right now, just in case nobody's ever gone to open outcry you have basically you could take out the windows in the front correct so you have open air basically in the front and then you have the it open in the back so there's so much airflow you're able to separate everything at a good distance but it doesn't feel like you're sitting in the middle of a pandemic when you're in there because it still feels very natural and you can use the entire floor right it's been an advantage to us and the way the city wrote the uh reduced occupancy rules or recommendations it allowed for seats that are near openings such as ours right to not be included within the reduced occupancy and that works out great it worked out great perfect Uh, you were telling me the other day you were thinking of trying to figure out a way to get people to belly up to the bar have you been have you been trying to figure that science out we did we did did. so so we're working with a fixed number of of uh of guests that are allowed in the tap room at any time but yeah we've taken um we've taken two tables out and we've supplemented those with bar stools okay so that we can still meet our cap number and it's been great in fact Everyone that works at Open Outcry said the same thing. It was kind of a, it felt a little bit like another step towards normalcy to have people sitting at the yeah, bar. Yeah, people sitting at the bar. It felt really good. Yeah, I kind of want to run over really, there now really and go good. sit at the bar. Like, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, I, I have missed bellying up to a bar with a bartender there and, like, you know, kind of, I, I always love that feel of it. I mean, what yeah. the heck? I built one in my basement and I put a podcast studio in. So, I mean, like, that, that's a big step you must be excited about. It was, it was, um, it made the week, it made the week, uh, much better. For sure. Just Good. to see folks sitting at the bar and, and uh, bartenders able to have those conversations again. I mean, all the bartenders felt good about it. So, yeah. yeah That's awesome. Had to have been yep. up, so. That's Good. awesome. All right. I'm having this, uh, the the Buckle Down Brewing Oktoberfest. Now, can I ask a, a, a beer newbie question? What beer makes, newbie question. What makes a beer? We should have like a sound effect for beer newbie questions. Mm-hmm. Oh, there it is. <laughs> How can you label it Oktoberfest? What makes it an Oktoberfest beer? It's a traditional German lager. And it's official name is a Martzen. The Martzen has become known as the Oktoberfest. And they call it a Martzen because the Martzen is brewed in March. And then, oh. it, and then it is lagered over the summer and it's released in the late summer, early fall. This beer takes a long time to make a true you Oktoberfest. Have to la- so it's, tr- it's, it's a lager. Uh-huh. It uses lager yeast and lagering beers take some time. It, um, Old traditional Bavaria would lager over the summer and then release in the fall. So they called it an Oktoberfest. But it's formally or officially known as a Martzen. So is that one of those things where it's like you feel like you have to make an Oktoberfest over at Open Outcry, but you're like, that's going to take up an awful lot of time and my tanks and everything like in that? The year, in, in, um, 
last year and the year before, yes, this year, uh, with everything that has changed our business, we were more we were more interested in making sure that our flagships are on. Right. So Speculator, Open Interest, Lewis Winthorpe. Makes Dark more Pools. sense. You got to keep uh, those going. <clears throat> we did those. So we may do a different variation of the Oktoberfest style called a Fest beer, which uses uh, ale yeast, and we can produce one of those relatively quickly because you don't have to lager it. Okay. Uh, but we did not make an Oktoberfest this year. All right. So when I when I try an Oktoberfest like this one and, and th- th- that we're trying right now, and give me your thoughts real quick on it because I know that yeah, I've had it before, the buckle down, and it's it's a pretty solid Oktoberfest. Why do Oktoberfest always taste like there's some sort of like spice in it? Like we were just yeah. talking about how a pumpkin beer tastes like a Yankee candle. Are they putting spice in this or is it just the way that it's made? Uh, it's just the way that it's made and the type of grain that they use. Um, I. It, Spice, it's a biscuit-like aroma yeah. with the malt that you use, right? Um, it's the type of malt that they use, and it's um, and it's lager yeast as well. It's a traditional lager, lager yeast strain. And then the hops that they use in these, that spice you're probably noting is probably from the hops because you use traditional German noble hops, and noble hops will impart spicy-like characteristics in a beer. Okay, all right. This one's really good. <laughs> Does your financial advisor actually take time to listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? Why worry about those things? When Tom Walsh is nearby, he's your local Edward Jones financial advisor. He works with you, focusing on what's important to you. He uses an established process to create personalized financial strategy, and he partners with you to help your strategy stay on track. Listen, families in South Chicago land have been benefiting from Tom's get-to-know-you approach and do-the-right-thing values for over 18 years. Contact my close personal friend and also a fellow Brother Ice alumni, Tom Walsh. He's your local Edward Jones advisor, located in Mount Greenwood, right outside of the EP at 111th and Kedzie. Member SIPC. Chief of the Evergreen Park Fire Department, Ronald Kleinhouse. How are you, sir? Good, Chris. How are you? I'm doing good. I bump into you all the time at different places, and uh, you're always out and about. And you were on the show a while ago, and I was thinking to myself, as fall is upon us, it'd be a great time to have the chief back on because I always feel like fall is one of those those seasons where people start doing weird things with fire. Uh, you know, I, like, and one of them is like they start just gathering stuff in their backyard and burning it. That's that's not allowed in Evergreen Park, right? Well, I mean, you can have a small fire pits are allowed. Uh, as long as you're only burning wood logs that you're supposed to be burning and not the pile of leaves when they start drying out or the stuff that doesn't go into your recycling bin that you're not really sure what else to do with. I mean, as long as you're burning clean wood in a small contained fire pit in your backyard, those are allowed by the village ordinance. I would imagine you get people that try to get around it by trying to burn their leaves in their fire pit. Right. We There's a couple times a year where we'll get a call for a garage fire that turns out to be a fire pit in somebody's yard because they stacked up the wood a little bit higher than they probably should have or somebody on the next block We'll see the smoke and the glow coming off the back of somebody's house and saying, well, that doesn't look quite right, so I should probably call. And I prefer that they would call. I would never discourage anyone from calling the fire department if they thought something untoward was happening. But, yeah, a couple times a year we get them, and, you know, we just ask the people to to keep it down and, and put it out. So 
it's not really that big of an issue for us, but it is something that people need to think about. What are, what are the biggest causes, at least in your experience, of a fire? It's, it's a really good question, Chris. What Fire Prevention Week is actually coming up in October. It's in October every year. This year is from the 4th to the 10th. Uh, unfortunately, our open house has become a victim of the COVID-19 restrictions this year, so we won't be able to do that. But the um, the theme for this year's open house from an NFPA is serve up fire safety in the kitchen. And cooking fires are actually the number one cause of not only home fires, but injuries from people, you know, being exposed to a fire. Uh, it's important that people don't leave stuff unattended on the stove. It's important that people look in their oven to make sure there's no accumulations of grease before they hit the self-clean and walk away to the other room. Probably five or six years ago now, we had a rash of uh, stove fires in people's houses. We probably had four in a row enough to where we asked Glenn to put out a press release and put it on the website to ask people to be especially careful with their self-cleaning ovens because they get hotter than your normal oven gets. And if there's an accumulation of grease down there, it's going to catch on fire and the door's locked so you can't open it. So unless the, the glass in your oven door breaks from the heat of the fire or we can get there and either pull it out and put it out or break the glass and put it out there, there's going to be a problem. And along with that goes uh, a home escape plan. You know, and you should have that regardless of incidents in your kitchen and not, especially if something happens in the middle of the night. Everybody should know how to get out, where you're going to meet when something happens. The kids should know how to call the fire department, look for help. Just generalized home safety. Uh, this time of year, the temperature, we've only had a couple of days where it's getting a little cool, but you always have your, your HVAC, your heating, ventilation, and air conditioning system. More importantly, the furnace to make sure it's clean and the filter's clean and everything. Once you flip that switch over to heat, we've had some problems with people that had furnace malfunctions. Either the blower motor burned up or they forgot to clean the, the filter or replace it, and it's been an issue. So those are a couple of things to look at at this time of year. And then... In November, once again, when the clock's changing to turn it back, you should always change the battery and your smoke and your carbon dioxide detectors. I'm kind of curious if you got like an uptick in calls because people started trying to do weird things during COVID. And I'll give you an example. Like the lockdown's going on and my wife is bored stiff. So she decides she's going to bake bread. And she goes through this whole process where she's going to butter the top of the bread, but doesn't realize that the butter is going to slide off the side once the bread gets above the container it's in. So what happens is the bread rose, the butter ran right down into the stove, and the entire stove burst into flames. And I'm downstairs, I come running up the stairs, and there is the whole base of the stove. The flame is clearly coming from the bottom of the stove because this butter is spread. And I ask her quickly, like, what was it? Okay. And she tells me, and the whole door's open and the thing's on fire. And knowing what it was, I grabbed a quick, like, a pan of water and slid it across the bottom of the stove and then turned off the gas to put the thing out. First of all, was I crazy to do that and just lucky that it worked out okay? And, and, and secondly, did you get a lot of calls like that? Uh, well, no, you were, as long as it wasn't a grease fire, you're okay with the water. Never put water on a grease fire. If you can just cover it up and, 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 you know, snuff the fire out, that's great. And, you know, surprisingly enough, Chris, we didn't. I mean, we've had, we've actually had a record number of calls in the last three months over previous years. And it's just a lot of sick people being at home and, you know, other things going on. Um, this year we had a couple of we had a couple of you know stranger ways for a fire to start in the recycling bins. The other thing people have to realize with 
especially now with fire pits, because they'll turn into coal is put the thing out in the alley and wash it down with your garden hose and don't throw it in your recycling bin. I mean, we had one that was started because the people had a fire, uh, you know, a couple nights before actually dumped the the remnants of the fire pit into the recycling bin and for whatever reason decided to store that recycling bin in their garage. And I don't I think you can pretty much fill out how the rest of the story goes, but. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, think about that. You're throwing, you're throwing something that, that could still have embers on top of like of cardboard and stuff. Yeah. It was very innocent. You know I mean? These, you know, it was, it was like a night or a night or two nights before, um, and if they're sitting out and it just, you, a lot of times stuff can still be pretty hot and then not emit any smoke. And if you're not paying attention and you think it's just dust when you're dumping in the bin and then you close the top of the bin and, um, you know, I'm still scratching my head why they stored the recycling bin inside the garage. But moving on from that, the second fire we had was from people that had stuff in the recycling bin that was outside on the patio, but it was close enough that when it actually spontaneous basically spontaneously combusted because the guy the neighbor across the street has actually got it on a, a cell phone video the the uh, recycling bin went into flames everything in it caught on fire the bin started to melt the molten plastic that was still on fire rolled towards the exterior of the garage and started the garage on fire so you know you have to be you have to be a little bit smart about what you throw in your garbage cans and especially in the recycling bins when it comes to charcoal that you're pretty sure might be out or wood from your outdoor fire pit that you know I could have swore it was out well sometimes you can get a rude awakening but those are probably a couple of the out of out of the norm you know calls that we had or at least causes for fires as far as stuff in the home we've we've been very fortunate like I said we've had a lot of calls uh, mostly medical calls, but, um, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. How hard was it for you? You know, and it probably still is hard, but how hard was it to kind of come up with the protocols and how you were going to handle things during COVID-19? No, we, you know, I mean, we have guidelines from the Illinois Department of Public Health, the Cook County Department of Public Health and our EMS system that, and we have our own guidelines in place prior to this, Chris, as far as personal protective equipment and wearing masks and gloves, um, we changed a little bit of procedures. We had some help from the 911 center where there's some additional calls that they were asking to try and narrow it down to the, whether it's possible that, you know, whoever's calling or whoever they're calling for could have been exposed. And based on the answers to those questions, we kind of modified our procedures a little bit. You know what I mean? If it was a Depending on the nature of the call, if it was somebody that could maybe meet meet us at the door or, or could open the door, um, we would have the paramedics make the initial contact. We would try to limit the the exposure of our members to the people who are sick. For one thing, um, we had some enhanced PPE protocols where it was it was unavoidable. We had to send everybody in at one time, um, nursing homes, extended care facilities, you know, stuff like that. Uh, the people were very good in uh, answering the calls, uh, you know, truthfully with the people at the 901 Center. Our dispatchers did a phenomenal job of of screening these calls for us and passing on the information. Um, we would get it, you know, I mean, the, the computer-aided dispatch sends it to the computers and the rigs, and it also sends it to the uh, the chief officer and the officer's phones. We, you know, I mean, we get a, a CAD call on my phone just like it comes across at the station. So everybody knew 
to the extent that, you know, the dispatch center could tell us what we were pretty much getting into. And it's a different way, you know, it's a different way of doing things, you know, where you used to be able to just go in and, you know, start talking to people with a, with a pair of gloves on and assessing your patient. Now you're wearing a mask. And if it's a positive question to the call, you know, the, the questions that the dispatchers were answering, now you're going in with a, you know, with a, with a Tyvek suit and a mask and a hood and a pair of gloves and, not not to try to intimidate or scare anybody, but for the protection of our people. I mean, we've had uh, we've had a lot of calls. Um, we've had a lot of COVID patients, and you know, knock on the formica that's on the top of my desk. Fortunately, we haven't had uh, any of our people exposed because they've been taking the extra precautions. Um, there's some departments around here that have had some firemen that have been exposed that, you know, thankfully they weren't seriously ill, but they did test positive, and that spins into a whole another thing. To now, you know, now, now you've got a person that's been exposed to this stuff, hopefully not seriously ill, but an exposure to the people that were on a call with them. They have to be quarantined too. So we've been very, very fortunate that we haven't we haven't dealt with that yet. But um, and I think the mayor will back me up on this. It's not over by by any stretch of the imagination, or at least it doesn't seem to be so we still have to be vigilant that's true you know before i let you go talked a little bit about dispatchers i I talked about it last week i I finally kind of explained everybody because now i'm officially retired from the cook county dispatch center congratulations thank you enjoyed a lot of my time there but talk a little bit about dispatchers you know your experience with them because i think they're kind of the forgotten uh people sometimes and i i've been kind of trying to shed a little bit more light on them with the amount of information that they try to get you before you even show up on scene to the things that they deal with with pre-arrival instructions how important are they to how the fire department's able to operate they're like air traffic controllers without having airplanes chris i mean you did it i sat in that chair before it's a very very stressful job um, I'm part of uh, the statewide fire organization, mutually a box alarm system. I'm a co-chair of the dispatch committee. We go around, we go around the state teaching classes for the Mavis part of the dispatching, and it's it, it's a tough job. But it's a friend of mine, Chris Leinhart, that's an executive director up at Red Center on the north side, and his analogy is a quarterback. You know, a quarterback gets the ball and he looks at the ball. He goes, "Oh, this is a police call, so I'm tossing it to the police, and this is an ambulance, so I toss it to the ambulance." The problem with the fire department and the ambulance is you can't hold those calls. You know, a police dispatcher can can stack up, you know, an accident where nobody's hurt or a barking dog or a speeding car or a neighbor complaint where there's no altercation. A fire dispatcher's got to dispatch that ambulance or that fire right away. And if the, the people are busy that they're dispatching it for, they don't have the luxury of being able to call the firehouse and say, who do you want me to send on this call? They have to know who the next available, you know what I mean, the next available ambulance is. And now you, you add... The additional, the additional stuff of the, you know, the six questions. And let me clarify that in no way, shape, or form was a dispatcher in Hamels call in this village or any place else that our regional center dispatched for delayed because of these questions. But while the dispatch was being made, the call taker would ask the additional questions to give us more information to protect our people, you know, especially when they needed to be protected if they were going into a, a call where there was a potential for somebody being exposed to this COVID or any other communicable disease for that fact. So it's it's a stressful job. They're kind of like the, the people behind the scenes, you know. Um, and we, we joke about we send them Christmas cards and Merry Christmas to the people who tell us where to go, but it's much, much more than that. You know, we, we depend on them 
just like a police officer who depends on them. They're, they're kind of like a lifeline. If if they, if we don't get the information we need, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna get get help that they need. And it all starts with the people that are answering that phone. So and they and they do a phenomenal job. Awesome words right there from Chief Kleinhouse. Chief, I want you to stay safe. Uh, I know that you're. You're out. You're leading this group, and they're coming into contact with a lot of things. Uh, keep your keep your crew safe. Keep the uh, all those involved with Evergreen Park Fire safe, and, and enjoy your fall. And uh, and hopefully you don't get any more ridiculous. You don't get any more ridiculous calls uh, that that start ridiculous fires. Yeah, no, we'll be fine. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate the opportunity. An Irish pub created by two neighborhood families right here in Evergreen Park nestled on the quiet little street called 99th, and it has quickly become a Southside tradition. I'm talking about Porter Cullens. Voted the best Irish pub the last four years by the Chicago Tribune. Their menu is filled with unique and inspired takes on traditional Irish and American classics that are sure to satisfy all your taste and cravings. This includes their incredible Guinness battered fish and chips and the best homemade corned beef you can find. With a family-friendly atmosphere, Porter Cullens is certified by Guinness to give you the perfect pour. A hidden gem on the south side with a downtown feel located right here in Evergreen Park. Porter Cullens has comfortable seating, indoors and outdoors. Located at 3541 West 99th Street in Evergreen Park. Learn more at portercullens.com. John down here has been drinking The Speculator. He's tired. He, he actually, I mean, I, you've been working your butt off, obviously, today, because you look like me when I've had a long day. And from one guy that runs a business to another one, we have those days where we just feels like I got to keep going. And you look like you're having one of those days today. Uh, I wasn't brewing today. Will did brew today, but I was building um, our domes. So Yeah, uh, I've heard this. You're not doing the igloos this year, because last year you did igloos, right? It was up on two the Two years ago, we did the igloos. Two years ago, it was igloo. What was last year? Last year, we did greenhouses. Greenhouses. And this year, it's a? Wooden cottages. So you're going to have wooden cottages on the roof. Yes. So you can seat people. Yes. And people are going to be able to rent out the cottage. And yes. if I remember right, it was like 150 bucks last year. It's a, it stay the so, same? Well, it was $150 reservation fee, but then that $150 was applied to your booze tab. So you're so. just you're just promising you're going to drink $150 in booze, not so, food, but booze. I just want you to show up and drink beer right that's that's all on a they roof look like a tiny cabin. house yeah. like these little cabins like, I, it, it, it looks incredible awesome. we, we we got to see it here i'm sure john john's a social media master so i'm pretty sure that when these things are ready to go you're going to get some awesome pictures on the instagram yeah. the twitter we, and the facebook we'll, we'll we're going to document and share with everybody the progress along the way but we built the first one today so we're looking Great. at probably a cabin that has got about 10 people in it or something like that you so put 150 dollars down but Keating. you better go and drink that how long do they get the cabin for when they decide it'll they be pro- about an hour and 45 minutes just like last in an hour year. and 45 minutes, 10 people should be able to you down can, more than $150. You can drink a lot beer. of beer and eat a lot of pizza. Now. Yeah, you yes. can have a good time in there. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a fun night out. And yep. and how, like, are they heated or how do you how do you work out the heating thing when you do it in the wintertime? Right. So we uh, put radiator heaters in there. Right. Okay. Uh, we have Bluetooth speakers in there. Uh, we, we're building uh, nice, fancy chandeliers. And just like we did last year, we're partnering with other local businesses in the community who are going to come in and decorate each one with a specific theme. So if you recall last year, one was a ski lodge, one was a beauty salon, one was a uh, a fashion boutique, one was a workout facility. We've partnered with a couple of diff- different businesses this year, and we're going to do the same thing. All right, so I... I don't know if it's if I'm allowed to do it or not, but I immediately as you're talking about, it, I'm thinking to myself like, 
I kind of want to rent a cabin, but then I kind of want to give away seats in the cabin to Here's like EP podcast listeners. Here's what I think. I think the EP podcast should uh, uh, adopt one of these and do the decorating and brand it with EP podcast gear. This is my official. You know how much I love you at this very moment right now. Like I, I want, like I like I want to hug you. That is so I'm, awesome. That's so awesome that you're going to so do that. I've been keeping this in my hip pocket. I didn't warn you about this before the show, but I'd like the EP podcast. Oh, oh, how sweet. So, so I, I'm I'm uh, blindsiding you with the question. What do yeah. you think? You want to you want to spot? Totally. Spot one of these? It doesn't yeah. cost you anything. You just got to come in and decorate it. I'll and come in. It. And, oh yeah, I'll come in and decorate it. That's absolutely awesome. Okay. That's that's very cool, my so friend. So you're the I fourth really, one. Thank you're you. The, really appreciate you're that. the fourth and final. Oh wow. Well, thank so you. So we're one. Of, there's going to be an EP podcast cabin cabin. That you could go and sit on in the roof during these winter months at Open Outcry. Can, I mean, really, can I give a plug to the other three You businesses? give whatever Absolutely. plugs you want to. I just got my own cabin. Okay. <laughs> so the other one is, um, it's going to be Quilter's Trunk, which is the quilting shop at 104th and Western. Okay. The other one is going to be Marlowe, which is a uh, one, of the, one of the nicest and, um, yeah, probably one of the nicest and, and, most well-known uh, woman's, uh, what, what do I say? Be- beautician, uh, beauty salon? Hair place? Beauty salon? I lo- well, he, he, you know what Is he's it doing? A salon? They he's, cut struggling. Hair, he's struggling because if he calls facials. it something that it's not called anymore, call. they're going to be like, yeah. they, have, they haven't called it that since 1972. Just Ooh. say salon. Uh, people are going to be mad at you if you say salon. the wrong thing. I get you. Mar- Marlowe's at, a, I think, 100 and... Beauty salon. Uh, beauty salon still counts, right, girls? Just say salon. You, call, you can't say, say beauty. beauty salon? You can't say beauty salon? You can. Just salon. Uh, the third one, Morgan Park Academy. And then the fourth one will be the EP podcast. I'm so happy you accepted I, it. Yeah, I, how, why would I not accept it? Thank you so much. It's amazing. That's awesome. That is absolutely amazing. Thank you very I, much. I can't believe that that you've given this to me. I'm sure it will not be a disaster, but it probably will be. So. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to let Hannah. Another show is wrapped up Another show's in the books Another show is wrapped up And then by the looks it's gonna be a good one And we'll see you next week And the nude is Another show is wrapped up Another show is wrapped up Another show is wrapped up And it's in the books Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement, Slauncher. The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com.